we just uh, realized we have no banter. So we'll just gonna we're just gonna start. Go listen to our last yeah. episode if you want to hear any of our updates. Uh the like, episode like detailed updates, like probably too much information updates. Yeah, like a full blown hour of us just talking about what's been going on over the last couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> and the show notes are absolute bananas. I think oh. I have like twenty links. Oh, good, good, good. At I'll least go through and read for all of them. decks and books. Everything. I had to rewind the episode like three times just to make sure I got everything. So go back to that look if at you them. have questions. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Please look at the show notes just so that Esther knows that her hard work. <laughs> that they're not in vain. Exactly. Was for something. But yeah. this episode we're very excited about because we're reviewing the Arcana of Astrology to celebrate its first anniversary. Surprise, Claire. We didn't warn you. Surprise. We were uh, yes. And it's just back to the normal episode. We're answering two questions and then reviewing a deck that we both love. Yes, we're back to our normal review format, which I'm sure everyone's going to breathe a sigh of relief. I feel like <laughs> summer school was so much fun. Yes. And I really, we obviously needed to do it. Needed it. But I do feel like people are like, all right. Well, we had so many like, questions to choose from. We got a lot of questions over the summer. <laughs> well, just like any summer camp, you're glad to have it and you're glad that it's over. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> you're glad to go home and see your mom. Yeah. So this is the homecoming episode. Yeah, so we better exactly. draw the four of wands. <laughs> Whoever's drawing the card today better draw I the four of wands. I think it's you, wands. girl. Is it? Okay. No pressure. So... Uh, I just kind of jinxed, my, jinxed myself, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And the Wandering Moon Tarot today gave us the Eight of Wands. So it's like, hurry the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Get like, the you guys are going fast and continue with that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so our first question of the episode is from Victoria. And she asks... First of all, I love your podcast. It brings me a lot of joy. Yay. My question has to do with a pattern in relationships. My best friend recently got into their first relationship and seeing how they have a healthy relationship has made me analyze how I always end up liking men who are terrible for me. I always attract guys who pretend to have the same interests as me, and even my closest friends are fooled by them. But early on, my intuition figures them out, and I just know that they're doing it to seem cooler and end up actually being complete liars who also happen to be assholes, and sometimes they've been verbally abusive even in front of other people. I recently found out my Venus is in the 12th house in Virgo and in retrograde. Honestly, at this point, I want to ask the cards if I should even bother paying attention to love matters and just focus on my career and fulfilling friendships because men right now are not doing it. And I don't know if it's worth it, to be honest, <laughs> really thinking about living with dogs for the rest of my life, not in a lonely way, in a happy, not concerning way. I totally get that. Yeah, I I was single until I was 29, never dated a man because I was very happy with my single life. Right. And I was very content and never thought I would get married. Yeah. So for me, it's like. There is absolutely no judgment living if, with your dogs, being happy. Right. Totally. Totally. And I don't know that much. I'm like kind of still an astrology dummy. So I don't know that much about twelve the 12th house other than that. It's kind of like a little bit darker, right? Like it's, it's sort the, of like, it's like the house of suffering. Basically. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a darker house and there's lots of like finishing things but like so would venus being retrograde in it be a double negative that could make it okay or would I venus being retrograde in it 
I mean, I'm both of us familiar. are astrology dummies. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not familiar with the retrograde portion of it. Yeah. But with the Venus being the 12th house to me, it means like there's an extra critical eye on that house, if that makes any sense, because that's kind of like the Virgo net nature of things. Mm-hmm. And especially Virgo and Venus being in that Virgo house, it would it's not in detriment. It's like in the fall. Mm-hmm. So Venus being in that house is not a great place for it to be in, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like having to fight because my Venus is in Virgo. <laughs> so hello. So you're like, um, I know. So you're having to, yeah, you're having to kind of like, there's more of a struggle in there than it, sh- like you feel like it should be, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it's just basically your there's lots of analyzing going on in that space. So this question makes sense to me where you're kind of examining things, reconsidering things because yeah. other people's relationship, you're like, Oh, well, this is not how my relationship is. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Blah. So, yeah. well, let's pull cards for it because since I don't know enough about astrology, I just have to trust you on it. Uh, <laughs> we can also, see well, don't, I'm like, don't trust me. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a smart person either. You are a smart just, person. Just not about <laughs> astrology specifically. We're just still yes. new. Tarot is our thing. Astrology is very basic. It, so in the Facebook group or Discord. Yeah. If anyone if you know knows more about, this more than us, about that placement, definitely <laughs> please let us know. It. 12th house in Virgo yes. and in retrograde. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oof, oof, oof. Okay. So I guess just how do we want to frame it? Like maybe like a two path spread, like yeah. focusing on your love life, focusing on the career and seeing what pops up. Yeah. I feel like would be like the best. And then we can kind of, or what about love life and then it. just non love life more holistically because she does holistically like relationships. Yeah. In Cause general. fulfilling friendships are part of yeah. her career and fulfilling yeah. friendships is what she sort of framework it as. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so for relationships first relationships. Okay. For romantic Victoria. relationships. Romantic relationships. Romantic. Okay. So I'm focusing on the kind of energy to devote to it, not what it could look like. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. What did you get? I got the queen of cups and the seven of wands, which is just kind of hilarious because it's like this very stable, emotional person with uh-huh. additional conflict. So I think that like right. the energy you're giving to it right now is kind of what you've expressed by even asking the question, which is like, mm-hmm. you can feel conflicted about it and not move forward through it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I got the queen of wands, which is an interesting energy to kind of like add to that. Like the exploration to me is kind of what's coming in here. Like the consideration, yeah. and the, you know, the thoughtfulness that's going into this issue is not just only based in emotions, but also in actions. where do my passions lie yeah. and the actions therefore. And I kind of think that forward. that having two Queens with the seven of wands also is sort of like working it, work, working, working on deepening, <laughs> Uh-huh. Workening. <laughs> Sometimes we should just change English language because I do think that workening makes way more sense in that context. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> working like working is fine, but workening seems way more logical to me. Uh yeah. work on deepening the that like queen of cups and queen of wands energy when conflict arises. So rather than feeling like you need to get up and be in the seven of wands, when the seven of wands comes to you 
stand strong in that queen energy and know mm-hmm. that you are a passionate person who is kind and compassionate as well, who knows themselves really well and is able to sort of like control those realms of yourself almost because mm-hmm. every single time there's some sort of conflict that comes up rather than it weakening your queen energy, it should remind you to stand stronger in that queen energy. Yeah. And the totally, seven of wands, totally. as much as it's about conflict is also about standing your ground. So I think that that yes. also is a component of it. So basically like don't settle at all. Yes. The minute that somebody, yeah. if you do find something happening in your love life, don't be like, well, you know, Oh, he's right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's or like, he's not, not that allowing bad. the gaslight, yeah. you know, it's like stopping the gaslight before it, like instills itself. Which I in feel you. like Victoria is already pretty good at just based on the question itself. But I think that just really, uh-huh. really standing in that queen energy is going to be helpful. Like as you go through your life, interacting with other people. Yes. Yes. And then the energy to devote to career and fulfilling relationships or just non-romantic life yeah. stuff. Oh, interesting. I got the three of pentacles and the knight of wands. I got the three of pentacles really? and the sun. Oh, yeah. so yeah, it feels like <laughs> that your non-romantic relationships are what's going to bring you the most excitement and like yeah. joy from the sun, but also enthusiasm with that knight of wands. And it's not yes. just, it's not just about like, oh, I'm a career oriented person, but the relationships that you're developing through your career and through non-romantic means are bringing a lot more joy and a lot more enthusiasm and like adventure than romantic relationships could. Yeah. And a lot more fulfillment because with the three of, well, I, in this deck, it's a three of moons as pentacles because to me, the pentacles is like completion of a job and like the coming together of like minds. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about like technically, it could be technically work, but it's also about people being on the same wavelength with you. And so I think that's really important in your relationships that are non-romantic as well. And And teamwork as, and not just in like a workplace kind of teamwork, but a teamwork in what you were saying, like, an understanding where you're all banded together all this, with your right. loved ones or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're all in the same wavelength, like getting shit done in your own perspective life. I love like, that. And I also really do love the Knight of wands being there too, because it's uh-huh. like not only just teamwork is like, you know, bringing joy and excitement with the sun, but also like there's so much enthusiasm and like yes. growth opportunities yeah. within the work and non-romantic relationships section that I just feel like that mm-hmm. is really a awesome thing to be devoting your energy to. Yes. Yes. I think so too. Do you think that like, I mean, it's a lot of, well, it's a lot of like progressive movement cards in this. Yeah, totally. Like non-romantic relationships section. Love it. Do we think that there's anything else that Victoria needs to hear from us? <sighs> hmm. I think that maybe we're just done. You're kind of frozen on my end. Hello. Okay, I'm going to try to come back. Are you frozen? <laughs> oh my God, that is hilarious. I thought Esther was just thinking, but she's not just thinking. Her computer froze. I wonder if her power went out. Let's see if I can get her back. That is fully hilarious. I'm such a dummy. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Let's do Discord. 
Yeah, okay, okay. Because I was like, all of a sudden, everything like froze and it won't let me even call you back. I know. I thought you were just being very, very thoughtful. And I was like, <laughs> then it took, I, he'll listen back to me literally real time realizing that you weren't just being thoughtful. You were actually frozen. <laughs> No, but like I'm pressing the camera to go to go back into the call and Google's like, no, it's not there anymore. I know. It like did the same thing out. to I'm me. Like, oh, man. Like, Google, I'm glad we have problem, options. Man? Yeah, seriously. seriously. Okay. All right. So, yes, that's a good place to end. <laughs> okay. The audio ended it for us. So it's shutting us up. Seriously. Sorry, Victoria. Google was like, uh, this question is done. Done. We're done. You, we're, do- we're, done we're done. We're done here. We're done here. <laughs> Exactly. Awesome. Well, our second question is from Lauren and Lauren also has kind of a love related question. Ooh, so okay. Lauren says, hi, Holly and Esther. I have a question about my brother. A couple of weeks ago, he let our family know that he and his partner who he'd been with for seven plus years broke up. My brother gave us the bare bones information and said he didn't want to talk about it. We're all worried for him because we thought this woman who we all love was his end game. We have no idea who decided to end the relationship or why. Also, he just moved across the country for a graduate program and in and is in this new place without any friends nearby. On top of this, we learned a couple of days ago that his ex will be the one who gets to keep their dog. The sweetest oh doggo companion he adores and hikes with all the time. My brother is flying with the dog to return her to his ex. When he told us about it over the phone, I could hear him choking up. But again, he hasn't shared how this decision was reached, just that it's happening. I fully wow. respect him not wanting to talk, but I feel so lost about how to support him when he's far away and I don't know where his head is. Since he's been in the same relationship for so long, we've never had any discussions about heartbreak before. Any guidance I could get would be helpful. Love your podcast. Thank you. So, oh my gosh. Firstly, That's I so really heartbreak. love this question because it's not yes. about her brother's relationship as much as it is about yes. her relationship with her brother. Yes, and I yes, think yes. that this is a really good example of when people talk about not doing third party readings, a way mm-hmm. to work around that, that, yes. that Lauren did on her own. So rather than saying, mm-hmm. what does my brother need or, you know, what happened with my brother and his relationship, just saying, right. how can I support them? You know, it's always hard with siblings and I, I have a brother also and a sister, of course, but I don't know necessarily what's going on with my brother ever. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Right. Like as we grow, we don't have the same level of tightness with some of our siblings. I think that's really normal, right. but I love the idea of still wanting to figure out a way to support them because losing your partner and also your dog kind of in one fell swoop mm-hmm. while you're also in the process of moving across the country for a grad program is just a lot of transition at once. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Totally. So yes, I thought that was a very sweet question. Yeah. I mean, we all want to know the tea, you know, we all want to know I what's going know what on. I want to know what the hell he did that he had to give up the dog too. <laughs> I know. Cause that's like, that's such heartbreak. Like my heart is hurting for what he's going through right now. But the way that Lauren phrased the question is such a good way and such a good model for yeah. us. And it helps us like not have to say, well, we're not going to read about the brother, but we'll read for you. You know, so that we didn't have to do that beforehand right. and be like, you know. And so, also cool. it just Love is it. so action oriented. Like it's such a good idea yes. for in any situation, whether it's a sibling or a friend or whatever, to instead of be saying like, what's going on with this person to be saying, how can I support this person? Right. Exactly. Yes. So let's see how Lauren can support her dear brother. How can Lauren support her brother? 
Oh. Oh, interesting. Okay. What did you get? So I got the Nine of Stars, which is Nine of Swords, and the Emperor. Oh, and I similarly got the King of Pentacles, which always kind of reminds me of the Emperor a little bit, and the Four yeah. of Pentacles. Oh, okay. I, I Just for me, it's like a lot of boundaries. Yeah. Like maybe helping him set up boundaries because with it being a hard breakup and for so long, all of that stuff is enmeshed together. Mm-hmm. So especially with the Emperor and, and the Four of Pentacles and the King of Pentacles, to me, that's a very like strong yeah. like, boundary sort of feeling from the get go. And honestly, maybe like respecting his boundaries, but also helping him focus on the practical things that need yes. to be worked on because... That stuff is also conveyed through the pentacles, like having the king mm-hmm. and the four. It's like, a le- and also the emperor for that matter, like creating right. like helpful ways for you to help him work through the practicality of all of these changes. So yes. rather than being there as like an emotional support, being there as like a technical support, like, do you need help with yes. setting something up? Like, can I, you know, door dash you dinner can i get groceries right. delivered can i help you you know start opening your heart to a new dog in some way like with mm-hmm. something like respecting his boundaries but also helping with the practical side of this whole thing as the way to support him yeah and it's all very tangible stuff too especially like with a nine of stars there's so much anxiety going in i'm sure with the move and the dog yeah. and all this stuff so all of it feels so overwhelming energy, is so overwhelmed and yeah. so anxious and you can be that sort of stable person that he can depend on and you don't need you know you don't need to know the details you can just be available but with those boundaries respecting him but also being that sort of strong pole for him to lean on right totally i like because that. everything is so new yeah, yeah he doesn't need to tell you what's going on i think basically doing what you're doing is helpful because you've already said like i don't need to know I respect mm-hmm. him not wanting to talk about it. And that's exactly what he needs from you is for you to continue to right. respect that, but also still be there for the practical everyday stuff that might be harder to do when you're struggling emotionally because yeah. of this big loss and all this change that's going on. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, good luck, Lauren. And good yeah, luck to your brother. Luck. Sending him a lot. I of know. It's hard. Seriously. Oh, it's so hard. It's <laughs> so hard. All right. So. We have a lot of wonderful new Patreon supporters from the summer. We're going to get through all of you systematically over the next couple of weeks. But first, we have a couple of announcements. Uh, A lot of them we already kind of talked about in the last episode where we were doing the recap. But our book is still available for pre-order. And I don't know how much we've talked specifically about all of the fun, like, how to read tarot stuff that happens in it. But it does come with uh, the Major Arcana from Solabuska, which is one of our favorite historical decks that is a little bit less well-known. And now it is coming out on November 30th, which makes it a perfect... Solstice Christmas gift. gift. Oh, so, so, sorry, Solstice. Christmas I should be the gift. good little witch. Christmas gift, gift is fine too, but who really cares? Let's do Solstice yes. gifts. Yule is Bay. Yeah, Yule is Bay. 
So you'll gift. Uh, we're so excited about it. I just, um, I know well, I'll probably post or have you put in the show notes for my alumni association for my undergraduate college. My friend Joe, who's one of my first college friends, interviewed me about the book and about tarot in oh. general. It'll be on YouTube. Uh, it was sort of like Ooh. both live recorded or a live thing and also recorded. So if you are interested cool, in cool, hearing cool. us talk about that in a context that you don't normally hear us talk about tarot, uh, that might be fun. Yay. That's exciting. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be in the show notes. And I do a reading for somebody who I truly did think would think that my tarot stuff was a little bit <laughs> too out there. Ooh. However, Joe, if you're listening to this, he said he listens to this podcast all the time just because he likes hearing us talk. So that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so Hi, sweet. <laughs> it is sweet, but also like, it's like a little bit of alarming that people would listen because they like it. And not because they like tarot. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think it just makes us feel like we should. I mean, my initial reaction to hearing that ever, because we, I also went uh-huh. to a dog's birthday party a couple of weeks ago where some of the other guests were like, oh, yeah, I've, I listen to your podcast all the time. I just think that you guys have really great, a really great energy or whatever. And it made me think like, <laughs> oh, shoot, are we overestimating how much tarot our listeners understand? But then oh, I think about true. our Facebook group <laughs> and true. stuff, and I know that most of our listeners are tarot people. So right, right. we have to right. release okay. worry about that. But I think that but that's I think the we're approachable and explain stuff enough. Right. Like, I, hope I don't so. think that we're like, and the, and the tarot here is in Uranus. That's in the 14th house of the <laughs> please, signifier. Please, you know, I don't please, think really... please keep making up woo stuff like that. You know, I love hearing you say Uranus in that accent. <laughs> but that's literally like what I read when sometimes like pe- people go into too esoteric stuff. With yeah. Tarot. I'm like, what? This okay, is, I'm you, glad you realize you feel this was this made way. up from a card game. Okay, yes. right? Esther. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're really Sorry. excited about that. And if you, I guess the other announcement because we got a couple of emails about this also over the oh, summer. That's true. If you think that you are working on a project that we would be well suited to interview you about or review or oh, whatever. Yeah. We have a form on our website for pitches like that. Um, Not just the question asking form. So the question asking form is a totally separate thing. But if you think that we'd be a good fit for something like you have a podcast and you want us to be on it, or you want to be on our podcast, or you have a deck or a book that you want us to review or whatever, the pitch form is available on our website. And it's super helpful because it's just an easier way for us to keep track of what's going on. So yes, yes. keep that in mind. Um, we are super open to those things, but the yeah. form for it is the uh, pitch form, not the... Right. Actually, is it available on our website? Email us if it's, you want a link to e- it. E- yeah. Email us if you would like a link to it, because it's not available for everyone. I, yeah, just because it's we off would get the, a lot. the map. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but if you're map, interested yeah. in it, email it to us and we'll... Or email us at wildlytarotpodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you the pitch form yeah because we just want more information about your project when would be a good fit to have you on the podcast that sort of thing like we just want to know information as we're scheduling you know months into the future yeah which we're gonna get better at this year she says (laughs) we have to because esther's working two entire other jobs now and we're busy people so exactly, exactly. we will do it. But yes. And then as per usual, if you'd like to support us, you can either do a once off donation through our shop in our website. Uh, if you don't want to commit to a month to month thing. 
Um, yeah. Or you can go to patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast or link it. It's linked all over the place to support us on Patreon. We are almost done with season one of Charmed. 22 oh ri- mother effing episodes. Wild. <laughs> it's starting to get good, <laughs> Esther. No, I'm just yes. kidding. I mean, it's been it, good I mean, for it a took while. 18 episodes <laughs> yeah, exactly. to get to the really good stuff. <laughs> but so it's all there. It's only up from here. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, we do other stuff there too, but that's kind of the thing we've been doing the most recently. And it's so much fun. Yeah. We have a total blast totally, doing Charmed. But yes. we do have some new Patreon supporters to give readings to. So do Yay. you want to start or do you want me to start? So the first patron to get a reading with, I'm using the, um, I've switched to the Wildling edition of Hilda because I thought it was fitting for this drawing. Yeah. So is Mikila one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your card is the Page of Wands. Ooh. Yay. Awesome. Jackie, your card is, and I'm still using Moon Baby, the Four of Cups. Good luck. Yeah. Joan, your card is the Seven of Cups. Micah, your card is the Eight of Cups. Lots of cups happening here. Wow. So many cups. And Beth, your card is... <laughs> your card wrong? is oh. the four of pentacles shuffling problems <laughs> not shuffling problems not yes, card no. response problems no 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 yeah four of pentacles and lastly for this week jessica your card is the lovers Oh, that's a nice card. Yeah, so delightful. Good ending to our Patreon. Yeah, thank you so much for all of your support, wonderful Patreons. We love you. You mean the world to us. Seriously. So honored and grateful for your support every every month, seriously. Yeah, totally. All right, and now, hooray, hooray, happy birthday, Arcana of Astrology. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) So... The Arcana of Astrology by Black and the Moon, our wonderful flend. Our wonderful... Why can't I talk? Our our wonderful flan. Our wonderful flan. (laughs) (laughs) Our wonderful friend, Claire Goodchild, she created the original Arcana of Astrology in like 2016. She's kind of like the OG of astrology decks. So every astrology deck that's come after hers is... Uh, a pale comparison. Just kidding. I love all yeah. of them. That's not actually how I feel. But <laughs> she's the OG, and this deck is so cool. It's like a real yes. specific art style of hers from then. She used to sell prints of all of these cards also, mm-hmm. um, and it was an indie deck for years and years and years and years. And then Abrams picked it up for mass market uh, last year. It was released in September of 2020, and she mm-hmm. wrote a book to go along with it as opposed yes. to just the deck as it's as its own thing. So it's a really cool, you know what, Esther, we have a spare one of these that we were going to do as a giveaway. Oh, really? Yeah. It's in my freaking deck closet. Well, well, we're going to just do a first birthday giveaway of Archon of Astrology. Is that what you're saying? Wow. This was pretty fortuitous. So yeah, you heard it here first as Holly realized (laughs) that this was a thing. Uh, We are going to do a giveaway of this deck this week. So we love it. We're excited about it. It's such a good deck and I'm really excited to review it here. Um, But what Abrams says about it is the Arcana of Astrology is a dreamy guidebook and deck of 54 oracle cards involving around all things astrological. 
Author and artist Claire Goodchild created this deck as a tool to teach the archetypes of astrology with art inspired by vintage star charts and cards featuring the zodiac signs, the 12 houses, which is new to this. The uh, indie version yes. didn't have the houses cards and planets, moon phases and more. The term Oracle encompasses all card decks used for divination, which are typically used in a way to get insight into intuition and to tap into your intuition. But don't be intimidated if you know nothing about astrology or Oracle reading. The 96 page guidebook teaches you everything you need to know about reading cards and applying their message to your life. With practice, Arcana of Astrology will deepen your connection to the cosmos, to yourself and to those around you. Yes. Awesome. I guess I kind of skipped over Claire's short bio, but Claire is a Canadian oh. artist, <laughs> winner of several awards, creator of Memento Mori, Antique Anatomy, Compendium of Constellations, and or uh, Arcane of Astrology, in addition to the Memento Mora, Mori uh, podcast, which is fantastic and spooky yes. and so well done. So you should definitely yes, listen yes. to that if you don't already, although I can't imagine that any of our listeners have not also started listening to Claire's stuff or bought all of her decks. I know. Um, well, I mean, we're just super fans yeah. at this point. That's We love her so much, and we're <laughs> friends now, but also even before that, we were super fans of all of her work, and Compendium of Constellations mm-hmm. is my favorite deck of all time, my, yeah. most used, my most used deck of all time, and I think that Esther probably feels similarly about Memento Mori, which is her most used yep. deck of all time. Yes, 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 yes. So this is like a very, like, pro- Claire Goodchild love podcast. Um, the other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that this publisher is different from the publisher who did the ma- first edition of the mass market of antique anatomy. Yes. So the yes. cardstock is really different from what people were experiencing with that antique anatomy cardstock. I loved it, but I know that there were some people uh-huh. who found it to be too thin. This is yes. a totally different publisher and a totally different cardstock. Uh, yes, it's, and the book also is a bit different styled as well, if it makes any sense. Yeah, totally. So, so I guess we'll go through the So the level of reader it's appropriate for is literally anyone because it's meant to be something that's sort of like a yes. good intro. I think the houses stuff is still an area of weakness for me and my astrological mm-hmm. knowledge, as we probably saw earlier when we were trying to assess <laughs> our wonderful first uh, questions, um, <laughs> Venus placement. But the houses have always been an area of weakness for me. So having those cards makes it really helpful. I think this is one of those decks we're doing a little simple reading for ourselves would also be a good thing to do Mm -hmm. maybe at the end. But having the addition of the houses is really helpful and it makes it super approachable and also a good learning tool for people to understand astrology a little bit more. Yes. If you're interested in astrology at all, this is like a very beginner friendly deck. Yeah, totally. Um, so the specs of the deck, it's a standard tarot deck size. I would say that it is a similar texture to most mass market decks. Like if you have Aquarian tarot from, um, us games or any of the mm-hmm. us games decks, really, this is a very similar, uh, card stock. I think it's probably 310. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit thick. It's definitely not like 300, maybe right, 310 right. or 320. Um, it's very similar to her indie decks yeah, as well. Yeah. So if you like her indie decks, then you'll definitely like this one. Totally. Okay. The book is also a very, very excellent book. It's super well organized yes. and the images themselves are really beautiful. If you follow mm-hmm. Claire on Instagram, you kind of get the vibe for what the images look like, but she has a lot of really pretty flat lays 
And the deck yes. itself is so vibrant in color that it's really nice to have it be so like, you know, two pages per card basically throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing. And there's just a lot of really good information in here. Yes. Um, and it's really, yeah, like, I really like it because you have like in astrology, it means this in a reading when you draw it, it means this. And then some like keywords just in case you kind of want a quick, you know, read for it. So each page is very cool. So like if it's associated with a certain element or which house it's associated with what, like for the planets, it tells you what, uh, sign rules that planet. It talks mm-hmm. about the astrological glyph and then also like keywords and stuff. So it's just, it's really uh, comprehensive and super helpful. And it does yes. that for basically every single card. Um, right. And yeah, so you can find this deck basically anywhere. It is mass market. So you can get it through any bookstore um, or like whether it's a big chain or an indie bookstore, um, you can get it online in several different places. So it's pretty accessible. And yeah, super, super achievable. Um, The structure, like we already kind of talked about, is that it has all of the zodiac signs, all of the houses, all of the moon phases, Mm -hmm. all of the planets, and then some specific asteroids. Eclipses and and asteroids. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the addition of the asteroids is a really cool component of this that not Mm -hmm. all astrology decks have. Uh, I think that they are adding more and more because a good use of a good way to get additional terms in is through the asteroids. But I just really, really love it. Um, It feels like very cool to me. And a lot of my favorite cards ended up being some of those asteroids. Yes. 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 How the deck feels. Tell me about your feelings. My feels (laughs) like, like textural feelings or like how I emotional feelings. Yeah. Emotional feelings. I really enjoyed this deck. I think I got one of the last indie printings of it. And then I got the Bass Market. And I really enjoy this deck as a way to sort of, like, especially like as an altar deck. For me, I don't usually use it as an oracle deck hmm. just because the oracle aspect gets too confusing in my brain. For yeah, it. it's a lot sense? of moving parts. Yes, exactly. So I'm not well versed enough in astrology to do those moving parts yet. So for me, as like the learning tool is setting up as like an altar deck or like I've been doing this week because I got a new like trapper keeper basically for my iPad (laughs) and I've been stuffing like tarot cards in it. But like even like keeping track of what phase the moon is in, like it's in Capricorn right now, just Mm -hmm. to be mindful of that and like any other things that are going on right now. I think that's like what I've... Like how for me it's been most impactful. Yeah, I think that that's a really like good that. strategy for using it. Um, yeah, the indie version has this sort of like twelve house astrological glyph on the back, but it's a black back. And in the oh, mass yes. market version, it has this really cool sort of like uh, ombre, really vibrant backing mm-hmm. with stars uh, illustrated on there in addition to the astrological glyph. And I just think that it feels kind of like, I want to say upbeat, but I guess that's not totally what yeah. I mean. It just feels like a little bit peppy because of yeah, all of the bright active. colors. Yeah. It feels like very, yeah. very active. That's exactly, yeah. that's exactly how I would frame it. Yeah. Um, I think that we should do our favorite cards and then definitely pull a reading because I do think that, okay. Uh, What you're saying about using it for a reading versus as an altar card set is a really important thing. Um, I also tend to use it for an altar set, but I do use it for readings too. And so I think that 
illustrating how you can use an astrology deck for a reading could be really helpful. Yes. And for this edition, there's been like a little bit of a redesign for some of the cards and things like that, that versus the indie deck. So I, I like the redesign. I think it's beautiful it's and so stunning pretty. and vibrant. Yeah, so. totally. I really am kind of surprised that I don't see more people with it because I do think uh-huh. it's such a cool deck. So I'm excited to be giving one away and to kind of like spotlight yeah. it a little bit. Um, just yeah, because totally. I also, even though it's like Claire's one of Claire's original decks, it does feel a little bit outside of her current style, which is more focused on the Memento Mori. That's where her passion yes. lies the most right now. But this is still like it still feels very much like her, even though the art style is so much more colorful, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> I just love it. All right. I want to hear about your favorites, yeah. but I think I can already guess two of them. Okay, well, I've been putting... It's hard because I love all of... Like, we've raved about Companion of Constellations. So oh, my gosh, So if you're used yeah. to those sorts of planetary color combinations, you will love this deck because it's very similar most you know, for most of the planets and the asteroids and yeah. the artwork. Um, I will say that I do like the 10th house because the, I don't know if you can see because yeah, I can, you're I can. a black screen for me. Okay. Oh, really? You're black screen. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. We're Technical recording. It's fine. Difficulties, man. No. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's Mercury retrograde shadow. That's just started. FYI today. Literally. <laughs> just now, basically. <laughs> like, no, like literally when I woke up this morning, I was like, it's the shadow period. Be careful. <laughs> so anyway, I, I just remember that. So, uh, the 10th house, I think, is a beautiful green gradient. It is, And with yeah. the houses, it's like a pie. It's like an, a piece of the pie, like 12 pieces of pie, and one piece of the pie is taken out to kind of indicate where on your chart the 10th house would sit. So it's so it, like, moves around, like, the circle. And it's like helpful for visualization as yes. well. Like, because you know that ultimately you want to be able to read your own chart well. So being able to yes. see it in this way is really helpful. Right. Because in if you, like, print off your astro chart, it's not always clear which house. Like, I know because, like, but it's not like, this is your first house in bold letters. You know, you have to go kind of find things and then, you know, hide and seek. This, if you kind of set out, oh, second house in front of you, you know that to look in this specific area for your second house. Yeah, totally. So I think it's a really good, anyway, I just love it. I think we've all, and this is like kind of a tool. side note, but I think that this is also the thing that I found the most confusing about chart reading is the fact that there is a sign in each house and it does not align Mm -hmm. with the sign that rules that house. So like, for example, with, uh, with Victoria's question, she said 12th house in Virgo and in retrograde. So Uh her Virgo aligns with her 12th house, but the ruler of the 12th house is Pisces. Yes. So it's confusing because all this stuff doesn't make sense. Some of you will like this is something (laughs) that I learned from the astrology thing that I did with Teresa Reed like two years ago. Uh now. It had I just assumed that it was something I would never understand. But some people have Aries in their first house, which means that all of their houses align with the actual wheel of the Zodiac sign. And so that's easy. Like Mm -hmm. your first house is in Aries and, you know, Aries rules the first house, but for most yeah. of us, that isn't the case. So we'll have mm-hmm. situations where, for example, you can have Virgo in 12th house, which is ruled by Pisces. So there's still Pisces energy within the 12th right. house always. But for you, since Virgo is in the 12th house, the Virgo energy is going to basically be stronger. And I'm sure that I'm fucking that up, but 
that was also helpful in understanding it because you can right. say this is what the 10th house means, but also I can have a different, a different uh, sign in each house. Right. Yes. It's you basically are putting together pieces of a puzzle step by step. Right. It's systematic. And I think that that's why yeah. it feels so overwhelming. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just when you get into start getting into nitty gritty chart reading, it's very interesting, but also you have to keep all of your working pieces in a yeah. line. Otherwise you can get confused and overwhelmed very easily. Right. So exactly. But that's the house why this cards are so helpful. cool. Exactly. That's what exactly. makes the house cards so important and cool. Right. So everything else is like planets or asteroids because <laughs> I really liked them just because they're just so beautiful and Claire always does a good job blending colors and choosing the perfect color for yeah, things. Yeah, she really does. So like Lilith is a deep, dark purple and that's like my favorite tone With of just anything. just like a is light, a tiny lightning around the edges, tiny. but it's so good. It's so good, especially because of what Lilith kind of represents, like the dark side of your personality. Not all the time, but like it's very much like bringing those undertones yeah. out. So I thought it was really cool. Mars similarly is a deep red, like, and it's just a beautiful, like scarlet sort of maroony red. Right. And for that one, to- it's lighter in the center and gets dark on the edges, which I also think is kind of neat because it's sort of like how the Mars energy feels so much like it's burning inside of you. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what it looks like. It's illustrated to show as well. Yes, yes. That's sort of simmering beneath the surface. And then Juno, I just really love this gradient. Juno, yeah, that's one of my favorite colors. Blue to yellow. It's just so pretty. I don't know a lot about Juno. I believe it's an asteroid, but it's just really pretty. I love it. It's the colors are so perfect. They really are. And then Jupiter is my last favorite, and I love that the Eye of the Storm is there as well. Yeah, it's a little bit more like you're looking through a lens, like a telescope lens for it. Yes, I had Juno and Jupiter also. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I love love Juno and I love Jupiter so much. I just think they're so pretty. I'm honestly shocked you didn't choose either of the eclipses. Okay, I almost did. And then I was like, Esther... Don't be that person that always choose the pretty gold one. No. Well, okay. I'll be that person then. <laughs> Jesus okay, Christ. Be that so I chose, so two of mine were Jupiter and Juno. I love both of okay. those cards just because the color choices are so beautiful. And Jupiter is like, feels like you're actually looking at the planet. There's a yes. solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse in here. And so for both of them, the sun is represented by a giant gold disc. And for so the solar pretty. eclipse, there's a beautiful sort of like creamy looking black moon kind of going mm-hmm. in front of it slightly to kind of create almost like what a Venn diagram looks like, but with the sun yes. and the moon and then, <laughs> or sorry, with, yeah, with the sun and the uh, earth, I guess, because it's a solar eclipse. Um, and then for the lunar eclipse, it's this beautiful, big white moon covering the sun. And it mm-hmm. just is so fun. I just love them. So I love the gold. It's just so fun. And I'm also so glad that they're there because eclipse energy is something that I think is really strong in a reading. And yes. so I'm just really yes. into it. I also really like yes, the yes, ascendant yes. card because it probably partially because it reminds me of compendium oh, yeah. and that's my favorite all time card. But I also oh, think yeah. that it's the same color gradient of the deck itself, of the deck backs of mm-hmm. the book. So I really like that there gets to be a card that's sort of like illustrative of the entire vibe of the deck. Yes. And I love that all of the characters like from the constellations are on there. Yeah. Like, they're all there's there. just I think so, it's so cool. It's just so cool and like holistic. 
And then yes. my last favorite, which is probably my actually favorite favorite for just personal reasons, which I will definitely share, is the Hagia card. Oh yeah. And Hagia is an uh, yeah. asteroid. And as a goddess, Hagia is really important to my family as a whole. Um <laughs> Because we have a lot of stories regarding Hagia. But Hagia mm-hmm. is a goddess of sanitation and health. Um, oh. And also the most famous statue of her is from the town that my grandpa was born in, in Greece. Oh, wow. And so the most famous oh, one, cool. it was in a temple for Athena, but Hagia is like one of the side characters within that temple. And so if you Google Hagia from Tegia, which is funny, it's spelled mm-hmm. differently. It's H-Y-G-E-I-A. <laughs> and then Tegia is T-E-G-E-A. Um, okay. My grandpa was born there. And my when my family visited Greece in 2006, we, uh, we obviously went to that village, but also at the main Greek museum in Athens, uh, I don't even know what it's called. It might just be called the Museum of Athens. But anyway, uh, they had a replica of it that my dad bought, even though it was like seriously 30 pounds of weight. Oh like it's gosh. just a very heavy item. <laughs> and also oh it was expensive, but it's like yeah. full size. So like what? 1.2 scale, like bigger than a human uh-huh. head. And oh he had God. to cart it around Greece for a week and a half in his suitcase. Oh my gosh. And I when we that. were flying back to the U S we had an overnight uh-huh. in London before getting onto the plane back to the U S. And so he like took it out of its box to make sure it was still okay. And like propped it up uh-huh. in the hotel room and stuff. But the most hilarious story about it to me is that when it went through the x-ray machine, cause it was 20, 2006. So it was like right after we started having to take our shoes off in the U S basically. Mm-hmm. So security right. was still kind of wild. Um, it went through the x-ray machine and dad got fully stopped about this head in a box in his luggage. <laughs> like he had to fully go open oh up his carry-on luggage and show the people that it was just a marble statue of a like thing. Oh my thing, gosh. Which is hilarious. They thought he'd like get a real head through there. Oh or gosh, like he was, is... you know, smuggling antiquities in his carry-on or something. I have no idea what they specifically okay. thought was going on, but he did get called Seriously. out for it. And now that head of Hagia has been sitting on my parents' not mantle, I guess it's in their living room, but for literally, you know, 16 years since we oh, went wow. on that trip. And my mom often decorates it for holidays. I've put false uh-huh. eyelashes on her before. And she's just kind of this family icon. And then last year when I was in a pandemic panic, which is pretty uh-huh. normal for me, I can't believe how bad my mental health was last year. And considering we still produced episodes of this podcast every week <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, whatever, <laughs> it's kind of wild that we still did our jobs and podcasted and did everything else while deal and wrote a book. Right. Well, I was in such a blind panic about the pandemic all the time, but my sister Uh, sent me a tiny little model of it because she's the goddess of sanitation. And she was trying to be like, look, you don't have to be so panicked because I one of my big triggers was the and we know that this isn't possible anymore. But at the time, all of the surface born stuff was freaking me out a lot. And I was mm-hmm. like sanitizing every single item that came into the house and really, right, I mean, all of us right. were, it was 2020. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it wasn't, there wasn't like any sort of source like proof yeah. yet that it was like just, just aerosol. Exactly, you know, exactly. So, so Katie sent me this little tiny Aww. model of the Higia head that's in my family home and part of my family history Aww. to have in my house. And so Higia, I just love her. Um, and she makes me feel safe. And so I love that 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 she got included because I do think that that sort of like health and sanitation thing 
It's a good mm-hmm. way to incorporate a health card into a deck yes. that might not otherwise have it. So it makes total sense why totally. Claire would include it. But also I just really, I just really love her and I appreciate that she gets a spot, that her asteroid gets a spot yes. in this deck. Yeah. I love that. I love my Hikia. She's like, in addition, I have like three Greek goddesses that I love and she's definitely one of them. Oh, um, I will thank you for telling us about her. Yeah, that she's cool. cool. And also Google it because the bust is beautiful. Like, it's not really a bust because I guess it's just her head, but it's really beautiful. <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of cool to think about her being in this big temple to Athena as sort of like a side mm-hmm. person who that's like a probably one of the few images of her that remained. And also it's just like kind of cool that it's from my ancestral home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. It's so cool. Awesome. So I want to do a reading with this deck then, and we'll probably okay. just do like, you know, what I can focus on to make this day as good as it can be. Work okay. this last week has been completely bonkers bananas. It is <laughs> one week before classes start, but everyone is panicking and trying to change their schedule. So I've been getting like 45 <laughs> emails a day and having students who want to meet with me for an hour just to talk about, everything they're stressed about. So anything that I can do to focus on something to make my day better will be helpful. And it'll also give a good example of how you can use this deck to read. Cool. So I'm going to pull three cards probably. And I'm just going to hope that we get a house card to use (laughs) it as a illustration. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I did eighth house. Waning crescent moon and second house. Which that's interesting. I flew too close to the sun. I asked for two house cards, apparently. <laughs> so the way that I would do this is first I would look up the houses that I got because I think that houses confuse me the most. And so that's sort of yes. the area that I want to have a really good grasp on before I move on to anything else. So even though yeah. I didn't pull them in this order, I'm still going to read them in this order because that's what works for me. And that's how tarot works. Yeah. (laughs) Or this Oracle deck works. So the second house is the realm of values. It's ruled by Taurus. um, And the planetary ruler is Venus. And Mm -hmm. in astrology, the second house is where issues related to our finances, security, and personal values live. How we attract money, how we treat it, etc. The keywords are security, indulgence, and materialism. And then the eighth, that's not the only keywords. I just... Shorten it. <laughs> Those are the ones that you got, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The eighth house is the realm of reincarnation, and it's ruled by Scorpio and Pluto. And the eighth house encompasses areas of life such as sex, death, and taxes. There's no shades of gray in this house. Things are either black or white. And the keywords are taboos, danger, relief, and reflection, among others. Okay. So that's kind of like a destructive behaviors house. And that's kind of what it says in the, in the reading section of the booklet, which is one of the reasons why the booklet is so helpful. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes people will end up getting bootlegged copies of this deck. That'll just only be the deck, but the book is really, really helpful. So yes, try to get the yes, actual, yes. don't buy bootlegged decks. It isn't worth yeah, it. Yeah. But the bootleg decks are like in a tuck box. They're not in like a, right. You know, like shell box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but the, for the eighth house in the reading, it says the arrival of the eighth house is a sign that it's time to take a break from the world and work on letting go of destructive behaviors. No one can do this part of your evolution for you. Working with this house is like taking a long, hard walk with the absolute worst parts of yourself. When you're in this place, it's torture, but when you're finished, you're elated. You feel a real sense of accomplishment. So that makes sense to me because my worst 
The worst of myself in times like this is my lack of patience for students who are scared. My last lack of patience and understanding where my brain says we need to solve this problem and not address the emotions behind it. And Mm -hmm. so I can be less than my most caring self. So sitting with that, sitting with that like negative part of myself is really difficult, but I totally see what it means. And then for the second house, it says in the reading, if you get the second house in a reading, it's time to get your finances in order. Overindulging in material things due to stress. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) It was not the best idea. We'll catch uh, up with you and leave you scrambling to pay your bills. Alternatively, if you've been short on cash and struggling, this is uh, this is about to change. Okay, so pay raise or windfall is not what I'm expecting, but I do think that it's telling me that I should not buy things just to make myself feel better, even though I'm experiencing this stress. Yes, yes. Uh, And then Waning Crescent. So for my feelings of Waning Crescent, without Mm -hmm. using the book, Waning Crescents are always when it is really, really time to slow all the way down and to take stock in what you've just kind of experienced through the full moon. When was the full moon? Yeah. It had, it was last week. The full moon's not happened. Has the full moon happened yet? No, the full moon is. I thought it was the new moon. You're right. The new moon happened recently. We're coming up on the full moon. Right. So like, this is why what I'm saying when it can be so week. easy to get like wrapped up in what the cards are saying versus what's going on in the world. I don't right. actually need to give a shit when the full moon was to be able to get the waning uh, moon. Right. Into my. Oh, it's waning crescent. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Waning crescent. There we go. There it is. Um, so. It is in the book which is similar to my own interpretation normally is that it's time for rest and recuperation. Nothing more can be done at this moment. You just need to wait it out. That's really interesting yeah. given the context of my question of being so stressed about people being in a full blown yeah. panic because it's really uh-huh. saying like, and I think that I got to this point yesterday anyway, I don't yeah. have very much control over what's going on. I have literally none mm-hmm. to be honest. So right. yesterday right. I was, beating myself up for not being able to like fix problems. And I'm using air quotes for that of the students that were coming to me saying like, what am I supposed to do? And I kept going, I would scroll through like 150 pages of search results, trying Mm -hmm. to find options that would work for them. And I feel like this reading between the saying, like this is the worst part of yourself. And also the don't spend money is kind of a separate thing, but the pairing of the waning crescent and the second house is like, reminding me that I don't have control and I can probably just tell people that thereby being able to be compassionate and caring rather than frustrated. Mm -hmm. If I'm trying to solve the problems and they, and I can't, I just get frustrated. If I try my best to be compassionate and saying, I can't solve this for you. We're just going to, you're just going to have to keep checking back day after day as people drop stuff. Then I can go back to the compassionate part rather than the like frantic stressed out part. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I linked two of the cards as a message together and then left the other one on its own. But you can see where the houses would come in handy with these other cards. The goal isn't when you're using this as an Oracle deck to say, well, where is my, I mean, it can be if you want to use it that way. If you want to say, you know, my Venus is in the 10th house and then do a reading based on that. You can also use it as one of those like iconography versions of something where you pull specific cards ahead of time to indicate something. And then you pull cards from a different deck or from the same deck to give further illustration to it. Either of those methods works fine. Yes, totally. Yeah. So if you were really struggling with something, yeah. If you feel like you're really struggling with your Mercury being in the third house, you could pull out Mercury and the third house and then 
pull additional cards like, for like how to deal with that. Yeah, like what the fuck is up with this? And right, exactly. For it. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's like signifiers for your astro chart. Right, kind of exactly. You can way. use it as signifiers or use it for a traditional reading. But even when I was doing yes. that, you saw me kind of get hung up on where the moon actually was rather than focusing on right. what the moon the card was telling it. me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely get this deck. It is definitely worth having in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, join our giveaway if you're just wanting to check it out. And then, you know, good luck to all of you who enter. Yeah, exactly. That's our show. <laughs> Don't forget yes. to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including the question form, as well as tons of other information. Yes. And also tell your friends about us. Rate and review us. It helps us grow. And as always, we really We're appreciate it. We're so close to 100 reviews. So, much. so close. Oh, my God. So we love close. those five-star babies. You don't even have to write yes. anything. Just give us five stars. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And hearts would work. Yeah, exactly. You could just put emojis. We're fine with it. You can also yep. find us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And we also have a Redbubble shop with merch with our beautiful faces on it. Uh-huh, among other things. And as well as a Discord server where if you're not in the Facebook world, then you can find us there. Yeah, totally. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love Yay! you so much. We love you. We love you. <laughs>